Hi everybody, you're listening to Sound Advice. Hi everybody, welcome to Ballard's LLP podcast, Sound Advice. In this episode, I'm joined by Peter Herneman, who's a tax director at the firm, and Matthew Watson, who's a healthcare partner also at Ballard's LLP. Hi, hi Matthew, hi Peter. Hi Steve. Hi Steve, hi Matthew. Thanks for joining me guys. Um, So... Today's topic is going to be the um, NHS pension scheme and in particular um, how inflation is affecting the scheme. Uh, Peter, do you want to sort of just give us a bit of an outline of of where we're going with this conversation? Yeah, in general terms, um, what we have is uh, uh, with the rising rate of inflation, um, the effects of the uh, Consumer Prices Index, that's the CPI, because of the way the NHS pension increases and annual allowance is calculated in respect to the legacy schemes, the sudden increase in this inflation has a knock-on effect for both GPs, consultants and in fact other members of the pension scheme. The issue in the main relates to the legacy schemes and in particular the 1995 scheme, which is where the focus really is. Um, we cover off both areas, but I think in general terms, the main issue relates to GPs, um, although there is an effect uh, on employees within the scheme. For GPs, the concern relates to CPI growth on the pension versus the CPI applied to the opening values for annual allowance calculations. The CPI relating to the pension uplift in the year is calculated by way of the rate of inflation in the September of the current year, i.e. pension uplift in 2022-23 is based upon the CPI in September of 2022. It's calculated by CPI plus 1.5%. Therefore, if we're assuming in September the rate of inflation is 9%, the pension uplift would be 10.5%. However, the CPI relating to the opening value increases for the purposes of calculating annual allowance and therefore pension involved in pension growth is based upon the CPI from the previous year, i.e. 2022-23, the uplift will be based upon the CPI from September 2021, which was only 3.1%. There's obviously a significant disparity, therefore, between the growth in year and the growth calculated for uh, annual allowance purposes. The issue itself relates um, to how this affects pension growth for annual allowance purposes, as there will be little uh, little balance between the pension uh, increase and opening balance increase for the annual allowance. This results in a potential significant pension growth and therefore substantial annual allowance charges. In addition to this, when inflation starts to reduce, there's a likelihood that the pension will drop off for annual allowance purposes, but for the 1995 scheme, this may result in a negative pension input, but under the current rules in force uh, within the pension scheme, where negative input arises, uh, the, the restriction for that is zero, and therefore a significant reduction is lost. That's ultimately what the position is with regard to GPs. Um, for consultants, the issue relating to it is in respect of deferring the pension, and therefore CPI continuing to increase in year versus the potential salary increase where the increase could be significantly lower uh, based upon the current rates of uh, a pension rise. As the CPI is deferred on a pension in the year of inflation, 
it is in direct conflict to the pay rise, which in the current environment is likely to be significantly lower. That's effectively the two issues that we've got going on currently and what we're looking at generally. Wow. Thank you, Peter. Um, it certainly is very confusing, isn't it? I've, I'm not surprised that sort of all the clients that we're seeing at the moment, everyone top of the agenda is, um, you know, pension issues and, and what should I be doing and, and can I do anything about it? Um, is there, you know, should I be coming out of the scheme? Should I stay in the scheme? What happens if I come out of the scheme? Those questions we're getting all the time. Um, I mean, obviously, I know that we, we're not allowed to give pensions advice as we're not um, IFAs at all. But what sort of advice c- can you give clients at the moment? Well, it's difficult, as you say. The, the problem is, is that it's a very individual charge and a very individual situation. We, we run a number of our own uh, calculations and our own models um, and it, it's a very fine line um, between a high charge and a potentially reasonable charge, uh, and that's that's where the problem lies. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of press in the moment about the whole situation, and what we've seen indicates that you know there there could be horrendous charges. We could be talking hundreds hundreds you know, over a hundred thousand pounds worth of growth um, with with significant charge based upon that, but we're finding that very dependent on the individual circumstances, those charges can be significantly reduced. So what we need to consider, there are a number of things to consider, but I think um, realistically you have to look at each individual in their own circumstances. And that's that's one thing I would take from all of the, all of the press that's been going around this uh, for the whole time. So am I right in thinking that for some clients, as you say, it's going to be a major, major issue but for other clients, it won't be such a big issue. Um, for instance, if they hadn't been in the scheme that long, or they were in different schemes. That's right. I mean, it, it does depend on how long you've been in the scheme. It depends for, for GPs in particular. It'll depend upon what their pension position is, what their pension accrual is, um, and where they are on on that basis. Um, if you're sitting there with with a with a high pension accrual, you're talking you know forty five, fifty thousand pounds worth of pension sitting there, then there's a there's a, a reasonably significant chance of there being being a, a a large issue. But if you've only been in the scheme a relatively low time and your pension your pension accrual is, is relatively low, the chances are that it's not going to be as significant. Um, you, you're always going to have a, have the issue with the 2015 section of the scheme now because that's based upon your pensionable pay in the year uh, as a simple, simple calculation, which always affects the annual allowance now. So it is it is a question of, of looking at your individual circumstances and deciding which way you want to go with it. Yeah. I mean, uh, the, so the sort of question I get asked a lot is um, if I come out of the scheme should I come out for good or should I just come out for um, a period of time? Uh, what sort of response do you think we should give to that question? From our, from our models, the 1995, the legacy scheme, isn't overly affected by opting out of the pension scheme. So if you were, for argument's sake, to come out of the scheme for six months, you'd be in a position where the 2015 section, which everybody's now in, will be significantly reduced because you'll be having a six-month period where you haven't got any pensionable pay. However, the calculation for the 1995 section is based upon your historic position, so whether it's your your career earnings or whether it's your final salary as a, as a, as a consultant. You're looking at 
1995 section that doesn't have a massive effect. Whereas um, the 2015, you're making a direct um, uh, calculation. Coming out of the scheme for a part of the year, I don't, it doesn't look as though there's going to be a significant alteration. So the question would be whether you want to be in the scheme or not be in the scheme, ultimately. Uh, I, I don't think part of the year is going to make a significant difference to the overall calculations. Okay. So, I mean, just, just taking you up on that. So we've talked about some of the financial implications. Are there any other implications if I come out of the scheme? Yes. The, well, the, the two main issues um, where, you, where if you were to come out of the scheme, firstly, your death in service cover will be lost. Um, and therefore, yeah. you'll have to find a way of, of covering that or, or, or not. And the other is tier two benefits relating to um, enhanced pension for retirement on Hill Health grounds. It doesn't have as, as, as massive a, a, a approach as you reach retirement because the disparity isn't as great. So it, it'll, it, it may affect those younger um, members uh, who've, who've got a, a reasonable substantial time to go to uh, retirement. But those are the two fundamental um, issues on a negative side, if you see what I mean, um, for, for leaving the scheme. On a positive, if there is if there is a positive, obviously the members will no longer suffer um, superannuation deductions. Now, from a GP's perspective, they'll get their employer and employee contributions back, subject to tax, obviously, um, which could make a significant difference for those bearing in mind the, the, the rates that, that uh, are, are uh, applied at the present time. Um, for a consultant, they will get their employee contributions back, and it looks as though more and more trusts are offering an employer incentive. That incentive is usually given by way of confirming that the reason you're opting out of the scheme is because of the pension charges that are applicable. Um, we've seen a couple of instances where the questionnaire is given and that, that is stating that way. Now, you may get 10.3% seems to be a, a figure that is banded around quite a bit. So you'll, you'll, you'll have your employee plus the employer contributions potentially in, in the consultants, uh, in the employment situation, but definitely as a GP. Um, the only issue that, that is if you were actually to come up out of the scheme and defer, uh, sorry, and retire rather than um, defer early, then obviously you've got an actuarial adjustment to any any pension you're going to get. Wow. Peter, you're making it much clearer for a very complicated issue. Um, so I suppose the question is, is, is that when we speak to these clients, uh, they'll ask me, I mean, you know, what can I do about it? What can be done about these issues that you talked about today? What we can, what I would stress is there shouldn't be a knee jerk reaction to seeing what's going out there at the moment. There are four main um, arguments that are being provided, whether it be by the BMA or other 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 uh, organisations, including ourselves, where you've got to consider what needs to what needs to be done, and because it's in the public domain, we it, it's it's uh, at Parliament, it's being discussed at the moment. Um, if you were to opt out of the scheme, and for example, there are changes put into place at some point during the current year, opting out of the scheme may not have been the option. The four options that are generally being talked about are the change in the CPI used to calculate the annual allowance and the pension growth to be the, to be aligned in the same year so that you're only realistically looking at the inflationary uplift in the same year. So you have 
all the CPI from 22-23 relating to 22-23 and not to 21-22. That's a simple thing. It's currently in legislation the way it's calculated, so you can't do a lot about that unless they change the rules. Um, the second option is to combine the negative pension growth that you'll have in a scheme against the positive pension growth you'll have in another part of the scheme. The 2015 scheme will always give you um, uh, positive growth, but the 1995 scheme, when you when you start reducing inflation again, will have a negative potentially have a, a negative amount which is currently not available to offset and reduce. It wouldn't stop the issue now, but for the future, it would give relief and therefore you could potentially build up unused relief for the future. Um, so that would uh, be, be useful. The third option, which was operated in 2019-20, is a compensation scheme, similar to the 1920, which says in this year in particular, we will settle that liability if you scheme pay, we will settle the liability um, for you on retirement. That's the type of thing that is a, is a short fix. It's not a long-term fix to the problem, but it may be, again, is on the thought process. And longer term, because of McLeod, um, the position with judges is that they now have a um, non-tax, unregistered scheme being implemented where the principle is the members can't obtain tax relief on the contributions but the scheme itself doesn't suffer uh, annual or lifetime allowances. That's the longer term, which will give GPs and, and consultants the opportunity to invest into something without having these charges. So those are the options. On that basis, my view is don't jump ship. It just doesn't make sense when there's there's this potential, whilst it's still, still so clear, it's at committee um, in government and therefore... We should really hold fire. If you're going to, if you're going to leave the scheme, then I probably wait till the end of the summer. I, if it was me, I'd, I'd look look at September time to see what's moved on in July and August to see if anything has been made. You can still leave the scheme for six months if you wanted to do so, and will it make a significant difference? I don't know, but it's 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 that's my thought process. It's it's only my opinion. It's not it's not there, but I just think with bearing in mind what happened in 1920. I just think that there is, we need to take a little step back before everybody making that leap to say, I've got to go. That's really interesting. I mean, speaking to clients, we're definitely getting a feel that they are um, tired of pensions. They're finding it very complex. Um, all the pension issues have been going on for several years now. Um, we've had the comp compensation claims, the McLeod judgment, and you know, all the mistakes we're finding that um, clients are getting their statements, they're way behind, um, their contributions are incorrect, the growth calculations are incorrect, um, they're tired of how capita look after the scheme, etc. And they're just really fed up. And, you know, they're thinking, you know, whatever is agreed now, you know, even if they did have a, um, a similar sort of scheme to 1920 for 22, 23, you know, how, how is that going to be sort of um, how is that data going to be captured, if you like? And so when they retire, you know, 10, 20, 30 years time, um, that could all be taken into account, um, you know, and whether or not it will just be forgotten and there'll be just many more issues. Um, so it, it's such a complex issue. And I'm, I'm very pleased that I can always tell clients, um, Peter, 
Peter will be happy to speak to you about this issue. <laughs> um, I have a tendency to agree with the comments. That it, it, it is now so so complicated um, that, that people have to make a decision as to whether they want to continue down this route. The only the only thing I would say about that is is that regardless of what you do going forwards, the position still needs to be resolved historically. That's that's the problem, and with the problems that Capita brought upon everybody with with the records um, disappearing, etc. I think you still need to review the position, whether it's just a historic review, um, which is something we can help with. We, 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 have, a, we have a letter that's, that's drafted that can be sent off to gather that information and then make a, take a view on it from that point onwards. But with the, with the complications, which aren't going to go away with the adjustments following the cloud, I, I, I have a feeling that there will be more and more people who will say, what the heck, why am I doing this? And, and and finding their own ways to to cover off their future uh, future planning, but we'll have to wait and see. But in the meantime, we can't do anything else other than continue to try and work with pensions and the PCSE uh, in order to try and get records up to date and get positions corrected. And I suppose as a final thought, I'm sure that sort of the pension issue also has an impact on the um, employment issues and the reasons why we are part of the reasons why we're struggling for GPs and consultants at the moment. Yeah, agreed. I, I don't think there's, yeah, it, it's fairly obvious people people aren't doing things. I mean, we've, we've a number of our, our clients are obviously not not undertaking waiting lists. They're not undertaking anything um, that, that could create a potential issue. Um, and I can understand why. But then trusts are trying to uh, uh, take that on, uh, into account when considering um whether whether people are opting out of the scheme and whether they can help incentivize them to stay on, um, but I think it's it's a problem that's not going to go away unless there is a fundamental change. Thank you, Peter. I think the advice is really clear. What they should do is phone up Peter. <laughs> <laughs> Please do. Okay. Thank you, Peter. Um, thank you, Matthew. Um, as regards to sort of getting in contact, if you do have any queries, you can always uh, contact us on the usual number, which is 01905-794-504. Or alternatively, you can email Peter directly on peter.herneman at ballardsllp.com. And that's peter.herneman, H-E-R-N-I-M-A-N, at ballardsllp.com. Or alternatively, you can visit our website and uh, hit the contact button and uh, we'll get back to you within the same working day. Uh, Peter, Matthew, thank you very much for your time. Pleasure, um, Steve. And we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks, Peter. Thanks, Steve. Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.